Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on purefandom.com. I am Liz Prue, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. Oh, my God. Hi. Oh, my God. Hi. Um, <laughs> in this episode of Space Cowboys, we're breaking down episode six of season one, Smells Like Teen Spirit, which the reason we sound so exasperated right now is because we just finished watching it, and I... I need to process. I don't even know where to start. Meg, give us a quick recap and then let's just barf it out. Okay. Yeah, I can like barely breathe. So let's recap. So the episode starts right where it left off with Max and Liz in Max's house. And we flash back to 2004 and it's when the pod squad were little kids and they're camping out in the desert. And this guy tries to like kidnap Isabel and Max kills him and Michael buries him and we watch their innocence die in the desert. Then flash to senior year and Max is planning to travel and be a writer and Michael got a full scholarship and Isabel is crabby as book. Um, she's acting really weird, possibly having blackouts like she is now. Kyle's a dick and Alex is an emo like goth god and it's wonderful and it's time for prom and Kyle and Alex get into a fight at prom and there's lots of drama and meanwhile things are kind of still weird with Isabel but she's like friends with Rosa and Rosa's trying to be clean and Isabel asks Rosa to run away with her. Max and Michael are leaving but this is not okay with Isabel so there's just weird vibes with her all around. After prom, Max goes to find Liz, and she's missing her mom, and she's really sad. And they have this super sweet moment in this, like, twinkle like gazebo. And a couple months later, Michael's staying in Alex's shed. And they start bonding over music, and they kind of have a moment. And meanwhile, someone has vandalized Rose's car, and we start getting little flashes of things we've already seen in previous episodes with her. So that's really cool. In the desert, Liz and Max decide to skip their AP whatever homework and they start dancing and it's like the sweetest thing and meanwhile uh, Alex and Michael kiss and then Max and Liz in the desert almost kiss and there's this like really tragic moment in the shed with Alex and Michael um, right after they have sex for the first time and Alex's dad comes in and breaks Michael's hand with a hammer we'll get to that um it's super sad. Sorry. I needed a moment after that. I know. <laughs> um, Max and Michael get this alien vibe from their sister and they go to the desert to find her and they find the two dead girls already outside of the cave. And then they go in the cave and Isabel is killing Rosa and it's like super jarring to watch. And Max tries to bring Rosa back to life, but it doesn't work. So the guys, they decide to cover it up. And you just kind of watch all of their innocence die again, just like in that first flashback. Isabel wakes up and she has no memory of what happened. And Max and Michael stop hanging out and they change their plans to stay in Roswell to basically babysit Isabel. And then we flash to the present day and that entire episode, all that storytelling, Liz is just fucking crushed and she wants nothing to do with Max. And, um, across town where Isabel and Michael were talking about it. Isabel decides she is a danger because it's happening again and possibly wants to confess. And oh my God, I can't even. I, okay. Let's just start off with, I know we had, this is how professional we are guys. The first bullet in our notes is just in all caps, Malik's Malik's Malik's. Um, and I know we need to break that down, but I just thought of something with Izzy. Can we talk about her first? 
and maybe what the hell's going on there. Okay. So we've been talking about how Izzy, or not Izzy, that someone may be another alien, that they're not the only aliens. Um, And while that could be what's going on and that person or slash alien could be the real big bad here, they could either be mind controlling Izzy to do all these terrible things and blacking out or upon reflection of her behavior, it doesn't really seem like she's being hypnotized. It seems like she's being taken over. So they were born in these pod eggs, right? The Mm -hmm. pod squad. We don't know how they became human or if they are half human or if they took this form or whatever. So what if the other alien, if there is one, this other big bad, what if they're just like an entity and they are taking over her body? Like, because she was acting all, um, like the way she turned her head and was being all cryptic and manipulative. It wasn't as though she was being told to do that. It was like she was doing that. Like, and they kept saying it's not, she wasn't her. Like the look in her eyes wasn't, like when someone's hypnotized, they're kind of like, they're glossed over, you know, in all, in every single way. Their eyes are glossed over. They're kind of like walking aimlessly like this. She was like somebody else. So maybe it's like a Klaus Alaric thing, season two slash three, whatever that was, Vampire Diaries, where someone like took control of her body. Yeah, I completely agree. Cause like the way she was acting with Rosa, where she clearly like only remembered parts of her interactions with her and like how she was like walking up behind her and almost like smelling her. It was super creepy and weird. Like that, mm-hmm. like you said, not hypnosis. She wasn't like, Oh, I'm in a fog. It was like she was someone else. And it was so like eerie and creepy. And I like your idea that it's someone else who maybe doesn't have like they're not like corporeal they don't have their own thank you Buffy they don't have their own (laughs) I'm sorry thank you Angel all of our big words are from tv shows thank you Joss Whedon um yeah so I feel like that is definitely a possibility but then I was also thinking like how Wyatt at Wyatt Long and that the last episode he comes in and starts shooting them like he seemed very like a man possessed as well yeah so if what if not to be like big brothery about all this but what if the government was trying to use the aliens as a weapon somehow and trying to control them like I love the idea that it's an alien because it'd be way more fun and kind of explain the awkwardness about Izzy when she was taken over but what if it's just some creepy white dude in a lab like they're pretty fucking creepy too which the creepiest and let that brings us to our next theory of if it is another human, like a Mains person, I don't think Mains is that powerful or controlling it. I think he's trying to get to that level. Mm-hmm. If it is someone else like that, maybe they're using those special pieces from the spaceship, those cryptic pieces with the hieroglyphic looking things on it to control Izzy. So that could be like how they uh, manipulate them. That could be. I like that theory. I don't know. But this, I mean, to your point, like the way she was acting was more like, uh, it was more like 
I don't want to say a creature because I feel like sometimes it has a negative connotation to it. And I don't, but like more, it was like she was a different species observing something that was not of her, you know, like. Like didn't looking, have the same social norms as like no, a human. Like the way she was looking at Rosa was like, hmm. Like she was analyzing Rosa like she was a, like a experiment. Like she wasn't looking at it like, oh, I hope you don't find out that I'm really somebody else in here. She was just like, humans are weird. I'm going to keep manipulating you. It was bizarre. I loved it, but it was just like, okay, that makes me think you're, there's not a human behind whatever's going on here. Yeah. I was thinking that too, especially with the, like when she's looking at the stars, like it just seemed to me, and that was clearly like not Izzy. Oh yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah. That's a good So maybe like something to do with the stars and like, there's gotta be other aliens out there. And I liked at the very, very end, it almost seemed like Michael knew that. And he said, well, it wasn't you. And like he didn't, I, I don't know. I feel like he didn't mean in the sense of like you blacked out. I think he's like onto something. So maybe that's what he's been working on in his trailer, not necessarily mm-hmm. finding the other aliens, but just trying to find out what the F happened to his sister to make her wake out like that. And he's really smart. So if anyone can figure it out, it'd be him. Totally. I didn't understand what those equations were. That nope. he was he was jotting down in his little notebook in the tool shed. I was like, You get it, you little smarty pants. Oh, and how precious did they all look before we talk about like the gut wrenching sadness of this episode? They were just like so little fresh faced and I just wanted to pinch some cheeks. Well, they were like so full of hope and everything, and in my head I'm like, That's really cute that you guys got to that point after murdering a creepy homeless man in the desert. But it's like the past always comes back to haunt you, y'all. It truly does. It circles around. Okay, so those are Izzy theories. What do you, like, It. I felt like so bad because even as viewers, we kind of made Rosa, Rosa, uh, sort of a villain in, you know, her carelessness and things just about the, the stuff leading up to her death. We, we knew her death wasn't her fault, but her fight that she had and like still taking drugs. But now we got to see kind of more of what she was going through. Like the reason that she didn't let Liz have the car wasn't because she was being a bitch. It was because she was trying to protect her from that vandalism and just those like little details. It was really nice to see that she wasn't, she didn't have as many bad qualities as like maybe even Liz thought because she really was just trying to protect her and be better than their mom for Liz. She was on the path to recovery and it's so frick. It was like so heartbreaking, but it, you also made me think of another thing. Those girls that vandalized her car, Izzy, and we think she was manipulated Izzy. Like why? Okay. How do I break this down? If, Izzy is being manipulated by somebody else to do their bidding. Why would they kill Rose's friends? Like, I feel like the only motive into killing Rose's friends was her, was Izzy being upset that they vandalized her friend's car. Right. Or maybe. So like, what was the point? You know, like, I feel like, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, I feel like there was a, like a bigger, if there is like a big bad behind all this, I feel like there'd be a bigger reason as to why they would be manipulating Izzy or Izzy's just literally two people and she's like two aliens in one body and this blackout alien keeps getting suppressed because Izzy has more control over it than she realizes. But there are certain triggers that make this blackout alien resurface. And maybe the blackout alien legitimately was like into Rosa and like friends with Rosa, but they just like don't understand humanity. And so they're like, Oh, they're mean to my friend. I'm going to kill him now. Oh, I killed him. And Rosa saw it. So I guess I got to kill her now too, because they didn't like grow up with humanity. They're just like an alien entity in Izzy's body. It did, it, it, did I just make it really confusing or did that make sense? No, that makes sense. Like she has two aliens within her own vessel and she doesn't even realize it. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. But then where do the vessels come from? Where do the bodies come from? Did they like take over other aliens and like kill them or other humans and kill them unknowingly? Or did their body just kind of like from evolution morph into humans and two entities accidentally got into Izzy's? Ooh, that could make sense. I like that. Well, I feel like if we want to get real crazy and like real theory driven. Yeah. That dude in the desert who was just snatching up children, like maybe there's more to that too. Like maybe the three children that they took over their bodies you know, maybe he was trying to get one back. Maybe, like, they'll find more out more about that dude. Like, maybe they're living in some hippie commune. Wasn't that, like, a thing they just found a couple of years ago? Like, people living in the desert? Like, they found it with satellites? Oh, so yeah. Maybe those were real human children, and the, like, alien whatever is in them. And, like you said, two of them are in Izzy, and they just don't know it. My God, we're getting, we're getting real wild over here. I like it. I like it though. We're not going off the deep end. These have, these have solid supporting uh, facts or not facts, supporting su- tidbits behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Evidentiary support list. Yes. That's right. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so can we talk about, before we talk about the devastation of like that whole Malik scene, can we talk about the cuteness of Max and Liz before all of this shit happened and how crushing it is that like, I want to root for them, but at the same time, I want to, like, punch Max in his stupid face. Like, I get why he did what he did, because he is protecting his sister. But, like, could there have been a better plan where it wasn't, like, let's make it look like Rosa straight up murdered these chicks? Like, yeah, come up with a better way to do that? Like, I get their teenage boys, and Max is just, like, steeped his life in Shakespearean tragedy. So, like, he had to go fucking dramatic about it, but... Still, like, come on, guys. I feel like we could have could have gotten around this a little bit and still protected their sister. Yeah, you know? I get why they put her in the driver's seat because it was her car. But, like, uh... throw a deer on there. <laughs> Are there deer in the desert? I don't know. <laughs> from the Midwest. She's like, oh, I... shit, there's a deer. I know, right? <laughs> you know? So it just, that part made me sad because, like, looking at, the little gazebo moment and she gave him a flower and I have to go rewatch every single episode to see if I can find the flower to see if she kept the flower. So I feel like that's an important detail. If she like smashes it, then I think we know that echo hashtag echo is probably not going to do so well. 
Um, and then in the desert when they're dancing and she's like, I can't kiss you because if I kiss you, I must stay, you know, and she refuses to change herself for a guy. And he's like, well, look, it's your lucky day because I'm ready to change my entire life for you and follow <laughs> you anywhere. So I love, I love those sweet moments and it's just so sad and, but so like nice to see, because we don't really get to see what Max was pining over. We got that he liked her in high school, but we never really got to see the moments that he was holding on to, just kind of alluded to them. So it was nice to actually see those on our screen. <laughs> I love flashbacks. It was super cute. I'm hoping that, um, I hope that Mrs. Orteco is more than just like a supporting factor to the girls and, you know, how they view their mom and kind of the the pain that they have from that relationship. What if she's a bigger part of the story? Like maybe what if an alien inhabited her body and that's the real reason she left and they're just using her body as a vessel and they're like, Oh, we're going to pretend she's a drunk and she just left. So that way no one comes searching for me. I think that would be super Like I'm really excited to meet her and kind of fill in those gaps too. I feel like she is more involved in this alien thing because for some reason, all the aliens seem to be gravitating towards the or Orteco women. And I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe there's um, something to do with like, maybe there's something cosmic going on with the Orteco fam that drew the ship in. And I don't know if that's Ooh. something that the, the show will explore, but mm -hmm. I think it would be cool to know, like, like either way, if they don't, show why the ship crash landed there. It's fine. I'm good enough with the drama that we got brewing already, but it would be cool if that could be connected somehow. Agreed. And can I just say, I fucking appreciate the hell out of the writing in this show. Oh, that so it's good. Just, like it's so well thought out because you and I have watched some shit in our day where it's like, okay, now you're just like making shit up, just make it interesting and it's not going to go anywhere. It's like every detail of this show has been so planned out that it's like you just keep getting a little more and more of the story and seeing parts that you've already seen, but then seeing the other side of it. And I really fucking love how it's all laid out. It makes me really happy. All right, can we, can we talk about Malik's now? I just, I'm dead serious. I'm not just saying this because they're a popular ship right now. I'm saying that I just love them. I mean, it is legitimately, their chemistry is so sweet. Like it is, it was, my heart was like getting all warm and fuzzy and just thinking about them as little boys. I mean, I know they were like 17 or 18 or whatever, but it's like, they're just these 17 year old boys and they're like falling in love and they're being all cute. And Alex is like this little punk boy. And it was like, oh, it was so sweet. It was so sweet. And like you saw like they're cute, like they were like giggling, like they were just so happy and like carefree, even though like obviously they both had their own traumas going on simultaneously, like Michael being homeless and, mm -hmm. you know, having to deal with the guilt of helping his brother literally bury a dead body in the desert. And then, you know, Alex dealing with everything with his dad. It was like, they were so carefree in that moment. And it was so sweet. I love that their first kiss was in like the UFO museum. I was like, boys, but like, you're right, their chemistry and everything about them, like all of the couples in this show are great, but they were 
just so like pure and it would made it all so much more devastating after when his dad comes in and he just knows like something fucking terrible is going to happen because he knows his dad's a piece of shit like psychopath and he breaks Michael's hand I like screamed fuck at my computer when I was watching it and like I just like my heart broke and like you can sort of see the the roadmap to how they fell apart because that moment is now so tainted with like this crazy fucked up thing that happened right after that's so sad it's it's terribly sad I had to just look up who actually wrote this episode because we were giving him props. So it was Ava McKenna and Karina Adley McKenzie. So bravo ladies, because that was absolutely heart wrenching. I think you hit the nail on the head that that moment is just so tainted. And what's so sad is that especially, um, I think now things are in terms of coming out, it's better than it was like 10 years ago when that incident took place in the show but it's one of the reasons I think that maybe Alex is still so hesitant to be with him because even though he's been to war, you know, he's an adult now, he's a grown ass man. He still probably thinks something is wrong with him and that maybe they can't be happy because they're not supposed to be happy. You know, subconsciously that's been literal and literally beaten into his brain. And it's mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. It's just so sad. So I, I really have have high hopes and wishes that, you know, they, they just, the writers give us more good moments of Malik's. So that way the LGBTQ audience can be like, no, we're allowed to be happy, you know, despite people being fucking homophobic and terrible. Right. And I feel like Mains is going to get his, and I hope it's brutal and terrible and just fucking hate that guy. And to your point about, their love being, you know, feeling like their happiness is tainted. Don't you feel like Max and Michael kind of are going to get that too? Because it's like every time they get back into this groove, like in the past they were with Alex and sort of with Liz. And then now, and like both times, Isabel starts getting these blackouts. And it's almost like we have to start looking at like those two incidents, like they have to be connected somehow that it's some sort of, protective measure maybe of this alien within Izzy to keep them but then from Max and Michael it's just like god like we're never gonna get to be fucking happy and it's sad and like I just want to hug all of them well Mains is the Cersei Lannister of the show and he gonna get his like you said he gonna get his um I hope so okay so we have kind of one more thing we really need to break down I think let's talk about your theory of where Maria was what are your thoughts there okay so I didn't want this to be a theory but for some reason it popped into my head like you know I've I've been saying like I feel like she knows more things than she says and that whole Mm -hmm. episode when they're like following the the cd clues I was like she knows something and she's not saying something so either she knew about Well, we thought maybe she knew about a relationship that Rosa had, but it didn't look like Rosa and Isabel were romantic, more just a friendship. So, like, what if she has something to do with it? And what if this, like, psychic thing isn't as fake as 
everyone kind of blows it off to be. And like, she kind of mind blocked Isabel in the bar that day. Like, I feel like she's got more going on than we realize. And I really hope she's not connected to it in a negative way because I really love her. But I feel like there's more to Maria. And I feel like her absence in this episode is something we're going to see exactly what the fuck she was up to. Oh my gosh, you're spiraling into more theories. What if, so Maria and um, Michael in the books are kind of like a romantic thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Vlamis has said that his character is bisexual, which we got more insight to this episode with him saying, yes, I've done this before, but not with another guy or someone that I've felt this way about. Oh, so cute. What if um, Maria, I have a feeling that Maria and Michael will get together at some point. The fandom's going to be pissed. But what if the reason they start connecting and getting together isn't just because it's in the book series and it's quote unquote supposed to happen. What if it's because Maria is somewhat connected to the aliens? Like she absorbed some of the crash and this gave her some of these mystic powers, or maybe we're introduced to another species like a witchy type species. I know that's a little more like supernatural than sci-fi, but somehow she's got, like you said, those, zodiac vibes what Mm -hmm. if what she knows helps michael and his research that's how they start connecting and they start you know having some feels for each other in that way but it also answers some more questions as to who these aliens are what their powers are and then what maria has to do with everything i love that but also like I obviously don't ever want Alex and Michael to be apart, but if we want this show to keep going for a long time, there's going to have to be some conflict. I know. (laughs) I will take it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take it for that. But I can also see her being like, I can also see her being like a Valenti to um, like a Kyle, I always want to say Trevino, like a Kyle Valenti to Michael, like Valenti is to Liz. Like, her being like, I know that who you're in love with. Like, I'm well aware of what this means. Like, I feel like Maria is so sure of herself mm-hmm. that she wouldn't get roped up in, like, oh, my God, why don't you love me? She'd be like, I know what this is. And I can see her caring for him more on a level, or maybe I want to see him, her care for him on a level of, like, you deserve this. Like, why are you pushing it away? Because right now, Michael only has or the relationships we've seen that he has, he has his brother and sister, right? So that's, that's great. But their love is so blinded by their bond that they do drastic shit. Like Liz telling, or Isabel telling Liz to leave and Michael and Max hiding the fact that Isabel murdered three girls. Like they do shit like that, (laughs) you know? And then his, the other deep relationship he has is with Alex which is so full of passion and love and I, you know, I die for you type feelings that he needs a outside perspective to help him make decisions. And I hope that's where Maria comes in where she's like, Hey, I care for you. Maybe we fool around a little bit, but he, he needs someone to tell it to him straight, 
you know, like she, he needs that person that comes in and says, what the fuck are you doing? Just be with him. Why are you being so stupid? Uh, oh, sorry. That's my second F word. I've been trying to work on it, but whatever. Oh, I think I lost count of mine. Don't worry. <laughs> but does that make sense? I feel like it that does. would be a good, I, I would love that. If And I think it makes sense with what they've already presented Maria as, which is a strong, fierce bitch that doesn't bullshit. But, you know, maybe get some tail on the side too. <gasps> Do you know what I just thought of? Because my writer brain is always active. What? Um, okay, so Maria doesn't know who Alex kissed. We got that in the bar that day so like what if oh I hate my brain so what if Maria and Michael start hooking up but Maria doesn't know about Alex and Michael and then because Maria and Alex are friends right and that's like super like heartbreaking (gasps) that's gonna happen that's gonna happen stupid brighter brain yeah so that would be like so devastating and obviously my ride or die is Malik's Oshoa and like not just because they're beautiful and I love them and I'm even more obsessed with Alex because he looks like I looked but as a boy version in high school <laughs> I love it I was like get it I, I think I had that necklace I definitely kissed a boy with that necklace before oh yeah yeah so I don't know I just like I'm always going to be team them I think because of that like past that they have and like I don't know if I'll ever be able to shake it unless something crazy happens so I don't know but it's so hard because the show you like all of the characters and like you want to see them all happy so like the traditional like team this person versus this this person it's I don't think it's going to happen as crazily on this show because everyone's more grown up and all of the like we're all former teen fangirls who are now a little more mature and can respect the fact that Michael has, you know, feelings for two people or, you know, I just, I don't know how it's going to shake out. I'm a little nervous about the coming wars. Well, I mean, we need, um, some, we need someone to be with Liz's fiance because he's obviously going to get left in the dust. So maybe him and Maria will head it off. Poor Diego. Poor yeah, Diego. Someone, someone should marry Diego. <laughs> You know, we're forgetting about, you know, some of the other victims here in the, in these scenarios. Um, okay, so I um, I think those are all the theories we kind of have from this episode moving forward. Um, do you have anything else you want to break down? No, I just really, really want to hug things right now and mm-hmm. drink warm beverages. That's yep. all. Okay. Um, sounds good. Speaking of beverages, Meg and I will be heading to Alamo Draft House on March 7th for a special screening of Roswell 6th. I'm sorry, March 6th, Wednesday, March 6th, for a special screening of Roswell, New Mexico in Austin, Texas, followed by a Q&A with showrunner Karina McKenzie. Um, We also just found out that we are going to have ATX founders, ATX Festival founders who are helping put on the screening along with the WB on our podcast for a special, I think we can call it like a collab edition of our Fierce Female series and our Space Cowboys podcast. Mm-hmm. So tune in for more details on that. If you haven't checked out our Fierce Female series yet, you can actually just look at all of our writers because they're all Fierce Females. Guys, you're great too, but we're just highlighting the women in this segment. 
Um, but our Fierce Female series highlights women in the film, TV, book, entertainment industry, and it talks about all the amazing things that they're doing to give you role models and people to look up to, and the ATX founders are super duper awesome. We've only talked to them via email, but we're already in love with them. Um, so we will be interviewing those two lady founders. Their names are Caitlin McFarland and Emily Gibson, so tune in for that. And hopefully we'll have, well, that means we'll have like two episodes next week because we'll have next week's recap and then this bonus episode. Heck yeah. There's an episode next week on the 5th and we will be flying down to Texas on the 6th and then that we're going to watch that episode, which I think is the one airing that next week. So, oh my gosh, so much content, so many space cowboy things to do. So many aliens. Um, and of course, make sure you check out purefandom.com for more breakdown and new breakdowns and news on your favorite TV shows and movies. Um, check out our podcast, Brad and Court Talk. Check out Pure Random on our YouTube channel where Meg and her hubs break down all sorts of fun pop culture. My hubby and I are behind on our Game of Thrones podcast, but um, we're taking a staycation this week, so we're going to be recording. And I'm really, really excited. So Game of Thrones fans, stay tuned. Um, that's all for the plugs now. We will catch you next time. Bye.